At the end of August, an association of more than 40 chaplains, representing a range of religious beliefs at Harvard University, unanimously elected a new leader from among their ranks. The Harvard chaplains chose Greg Epstein to serve as a liaison between the university's chaplains and the university president. This election might not have proved terribly newsworthy if it weren't for one crucial fact about Epstein. He's an atheist. The New York Times picked up the news and announced that Epstein was now, quote, chief chaplain of Harvard, an appointment the Times associated with the demise of religious belief on the Ivy League campus. The New York Times trumpeting coverage stirred up a storm of controversy, particularly within the Catholic world. People began to ask, how could the Harvard Catholic chaplains have voted for an atheist to lead them? And to be honest, could he even be called a chaplain if he doesn't believe in God? I had no idea what was going on. Ben Kelly is a Catholic missionary at Harvard with the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, or FOCUS. Until many people, alums or family friends or people who support us um, in the work we do with FOCUS, reached out sending me like the New York Times link with just question marks and <laughs> what's going on? How is this connected to what you're doing? I think originally nobody in the Harvard Catholic Center, at least, you know, among the student population was really concerned about what had happened. Addie Martin is a senior at Harvard and president of the undergraduate community at Harvard Catholic Center. We were more talking about how it had been portrayed by the media and about how this was being blown up to seem like a really big deal, which understandably so, so many people were really concerned by the news. It's been uh, quite the past few weeks here uh, with this uh, media whirlwind here. Father Patrick Fiorillo is the undergraduate chaplain at the Harvard Catholic Center and parochial vicar at the attached St. Paul's Parish. When he was assigned to Harvard, Father Patrick suspected that he would likely gain notoriety for preaching orthodoxy on the secular campus. I never thought I would be famous for, uh, you know, being accused of uh, being a, a relativist here. So what exactly happened? Is it correct to say that an atheist is now in charge of all chaplaincies at Harvard? We took our questions to Epstein himself, but unfortunately he declined an interview. He said he was no longer offering interviews about the new role. Thankfully, Father Patrick offered some clarity. I mean, the, the story is that it's not really a news story. Father Patrick said the position rotates every year or two to a new member of the Harvard chaplains. The position was most recently held by a rabbi. A Catholic priest has also held the position in the past. And rather than overseeing the work of all chaplains on Harvard's campus, Epstein's role is, according to Father Patrick, purely administrative. The title that was given to him by the New York Times that everybody else picked up on. That title being chief chaplain. It's not true, and, and that's been acknowledged by him personally and the university since then. And he, yeah, he coordinates our monthly meetings that we have among the chaplains to coordinate uh, interfaith work uh, on campus and to just promote religious life in general uh, on the campus. The other piece of the story that made it particularly controversial was that Epstein's election was unanimous. Even Father Patrick voted for him. But Father Patrick said the unanimous vote doesn't signal some greater crisis of faith at Harvard. The truth is far more mundane. 
yes, we voted for him uh, because, frankly, nobody else was interested in having the job. And uh, I personally would not want it myself. It is an administrative burden. The Catholic chaplaincy at Harvard is already, unfortunately, what Father Patrick described as a bare-bones operation. So there's a lot on our hands, and uh, we just weren't interested in taking on another administrative job. And so, uh, to be honest, we were happy that, that Greg stepped up to, uh, to offer himself to do this not so exciting, but, but necessary uh, administrative role, uh, to, just to serve as a liaison uh, between us and the president. He doesn't oversee what we do as individual chaplains, and he has no uh, jurisdiction or authority over the operation and functioning and vision of individual chaplaincies. Epstein's election, as inconsequential as it turned out to be, coincides with an ongoing nationwide crisis of faith. Recent studies have found that church membership has dropped considerably in the last two decades, and the number of people who say they have no religion has increased, particularly among young people. Colleges and universities are frequently painted as strongholds of secularism, but you might be surprised to know that Harvard doesn't quite fit that mold. Here's Father Patrick again. I'm not saying Harvard's not a place of strong secularism that we have to sort of resist actively, but at the same time, there's pretty decent faith here among the student body. It's a very international student body, so there's, there's religious uh, sentiment from people of very different cultures that don't bring the sort of American secularism that you might see on other uh, college campuses. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm not really sure that that, uh, that that news story really captures sort of the sentiment of kind of the average student on campus in their daily life here. This week on the podcast, we'll hear more about the state of faith at Harvard University from a Catholic chaplain, a focused missionary and alum, and a current student. You're listening to CNA Newsroom, the podcast that brings you the people behind the headlines. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. The Harvard Catholic Center includes St. Paul's Parish in Harvard Square, a choir school for boys 3 through 8, and ministries for both undergraduate and graduate students. The sacraments are at the heart of evangelization efforts. Mass is available twice a day on weekdays, and there's a special student mass on Sunday evenings that Addie says about 250 Catholic students attend regularly. I remember starting to attend uh, Mass at St. Paul's in Harvard Square and just experiencing the beauty of the liturgy really at St. Paul's. The Masses are absolutely beautiful. Something that draws a lot of people to the Catholic faith in general is beauty and uh, we we have that on full display here at St. Paul's. We're blessed uh, with a really beautiful church, a big big old church here built by the Irish immigrants in Cambridge 100 years ago. Um, and it's, it's a striking church that there's people, uh, visitors from all over the world walking in and out of our church taking pictures literally every day as if it's like some big tourist site in Europe. <laughs> the parish also has a sacred music program run by world-renowned organists and music directors. And every year we have converts here who are struck by the beauty of sacred music and the liturgy and are drawn to the Catholic faith through that. Every Tuesday, Catholic students gather for a holy hour with a social after. 
The center puts on talks throughout the school year for intellectual development and offers several opportunities for community service. This year, it launched a new initiative offering more speakers and non-credit courses in Latin and Greek. And then the main sort of formational events that happen is, is our small group Bible studies, which are led and coordinated by our four focused missionaries, do an excellent job with that. Father Patrick says there are about 125 students involved in weekly Bible studies. And, you know, we're blessed with, with many conversions each year. We have a, I run the RCIA program. Uh, I've averaged about 20 people a year uh, converting. Um, probably about, about half of those would be Harvard students. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the basic method of evangelization is simply students inviting their friends. Um, that, that's how most of it happens. Today, Ben is a focus missionary at Harvard, but back in 2013, he was a freshman on the very same campus. Ben was raised in a Catholic family, but he says he didn't have a lot of formation in the faith. Still, when he arrived at Harvard, he was able to connect with focus missionaries and other Catholic students, and he says his Catholic faith really came alive. He remembers most of his peers at the time didn't identify with a religion, but he says there was an openness and almost excitement to learn about other people and the things that made them tick, like religious belief. And so while there wasn't necessarily a lot of, uh, a lot of support or people who are necessarily really encouraging me in my faith amongst my classmates, there also wasn't, um, there wasn't as much hostility as I think you might expect at you know, a secular university, a place that obviously really prides their, their intellectual achievements and everything like Harvard. There was, I think, a lot of openness and a real forum for, for dialogue. Addie's experience at Harvard has been much the same. Whenever you get to college, you know, there's always the decision point of whether or not you are going to pursue your faith uh, in college, even if you have grown up Catholic and been Catholic your entire life. But Addie came into Harvard thirsty to deepen her Catholic faith. She immediately started attending the student mass and got involved in the Catholic community at St. Paul's. It's very easy to love God here, I would say. Um, easier than I had originally expected, because I had no idea what to expect, right, coming to Harvard. I feel so blessed that I have found a space where God is so alive and is so present. Um, to know that God is present not only in my small community in South Louisiana, because I know that he was present there, but then coming to Harvard and to know that God is also present here, that was so special for me. It's been about eight years since Ben was a freshman at Harvard, but he says he sees much of the same openness in the student body today as a missionary as he did when he was a student. When he tells students about mass at St. Paul's or an upcoming retreat for freshmen, many times he's met with students telling him that they went to Catholic school growing up or they have a close friend who's Catholic. Maybe they stopped going to Mass a few years ago, but the Catholic community sounded interesting. You know, every once in a while, there maybe is more more pushback and more more of a, a sense of rejection that, that we come away from a conversation with. But those conversations really are few and far between. More than I think a, a sense of hostility, it's just, it's just a certain apathy that we can come into and, and just remind people or let them know for the first time that, hey, this is here and 
And we think it really matters. And we want you to be there with us. And while some people might just say like, oh, no, thanks. I've been blown away by how many people actually are really interested when when we're just making genuine invitations on campus. Addie said her immediate community is largely Catholic or at least Christian, but she meets a lot of people who are of different religions in her classes and other extracurriculars at Harvard. I think the best thing that uh, the church offers is that we can meet those people there. I mean, of course, it's sad to see students who come to college and, you know, either fall out of their faith or are just, you know, simply non-practicing. And I think really what we're on mission here for is to be able to not only strengthen the Catholic community and, and the students who are here who want to live out their Catholic faith, we are here for those people. And we are so excited to have them to be a part of our community. In addition to that, we also are on a mission to reach people who maybe are not identifying as Catholic or Christian and being able to just love them and to be able to make friends with them, to be able to have conversations with them and to really just meet them where they are as Christ would. I asked Father Patrick if there are any challenges to evangelization that are unique to Harvard. His answer, given without hesitation, was time. It's almost become like unsurprising to hear these days someone say, I'm busy, I'm too busy for this. So, you know, okay, everybody's busy. Everybody's very busy. Uh, Social media, uh, online work, uh, all the conveniences of of life today. Uh, However, that being said, I think Harvard students are even exceedingly more busy than the average busy person (laughs) in the world. Um, because they have so many uh, opportunities before them. Uh, All of the students here, uh, literally all of them, are involved in multiple clubs and organizations. And along with that, there's just a kind of unspoken expectation that that's what they have to be doing. I don't know of a busier group of people than Harvard undergrads. Um, And some of that is genuine because they have difficult classes and they have amazing extracurriculars that are doing crazy things all over the world. But I do think that one of the negatives I would say of the culture is one that's like, I should be busy all the time. I should be sort of occupied all the time. Father Patrick said the Catholic Center needs to be creative and intentional in planning events so students feel like they have the time to participate. A Sunday dinner with a speaker needs to be carefully orchestrated to ensure the event takes up about the same amount of time students would normally spend at the dining hall. We have to promise people in advance they'll be done by a certain time or otherwise they'll they'll get discouraged and they'll find something else to do. Ben says scheduling for weekly Bible studies can also get pretty interesting. It's like, all right, I'm going to do Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. <laughs> or whatever. You know, like these type of things are, I, I had one this morning at 8.30 a.m. That was the best time for a group of guys. So we're trying to get creative and, and, and find ways around that time, um, that, that sort of time block that a lot of people, that a lot of people do find themselves in. But Father Patrick has seen that intentionality pay off. People do begin to prioritize their faith here, and they, they do actually end up making more time, you know, for Christ, uh, for the community here, the, the more they... Uh, see um, how it's how it's serving the good of their whole person and their soul. 
Another factor in evangelizing students in the Ivy League is competition. Many students at Harvard graduated at the top of their class in high school, and they come into Harvard carrying that same expectation. But when everyone is coming in at the same level, it creates competition. So students do struggle a lot with um, constant sort of comparisons uh, to others and just trying to figure out their their identity, um, you know, in the truest sense of that word, um, and, and to, to, to be able to see themselves uh, for, for who, who they really are in God's eyes um, and, and not for what they do and, and accomplish. Harvard University largely shut down last fall in response to the coronavirus pandemic. Classes went virtual, most students were remote, but freshmen were invited to live on campus under strict coronavirus restrictions. In-person activities were shut down, but mass, adoration, and confessions continued at St. Paul's. Father Patrick said the experience seems to have ushered in a new era of Catholic life among undergraduates at Harvard. As a result of that uh, availability, uh, we had a record turnout of freshmen last year. A typical fall semester will bring about a half dozen freshmen who get involved in the Harvard Catholic Center right away. But last fall, Father Patrick said the Catholic Center had 40 to 50 freshmen coming consistently. Two of those freshmen actually entered RCIA and became Catholic. So now we're kind of reaping the fruit of that as everybody's back on campus. Now we have this exceedingly large sophomore class who's now uh, inviting all of the freshmen and kind of the freshmen are all kind of looking up to them. And uh, so the size of the community um, has, has increased substantially. Now we'll wait and see kind of how that sort of sustains itself uh, over the few months. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping by the end of this semester, I'll be able to look back and say, Yes, the, the, the community has grown substantially uh, as a result of this. Ben said he sees this type of growth regularly on college campuses as a focused missionary, even at Harvard. It's amazing. Conversion is still happening. You know, I go back home to my little parish in my, my hometown, and I do think there's a certain, um, uh, just a certain lack of life that people are experiencing, uh, depending on, on where their parish is or um, where they are in, in the country or in the world. But on a lot of these college campuses, we're seeing literally people's lives changed. I just want people to know that like the church is actually still growing. And I know the numbers, I know the statistics, I know that there's a lot of uh, things to be worried about and upset about in the church. But we, as, as missionaries, we get to have a front row seat at all the amazing miracles that are happening. Um, all the time. To learn more about life as a Catholic at Harvard, check out Father Patrick's own podcast, The Harvard Catholic. CNA Newsroom is a production of Catholic News Agency, a service of EWTN News. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. I produce and edit this show with the help of our executive producer, Kate Oliveira. A very special thanks this week to Father Patrick Fiorillo, Addie Martin, and Ben Kelly. Please remember to keep the students at Harvard and those working to evangelize them in your prayers. See you next week.